Welcome to the Landmark Church Weekly Podcast. Amen. Good morning, Landmark Church. How you doing this morning? Amen. So good to see you today. Thank you for being here. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Um, we are grateful to be able to worship with you, and we're thankful for uh, the fact that we can worship in a free country today. Amen. Because of all the people that have given their lives, we're thankful today to be able to do that. I uh, just want to say thank you today for all that you do for our church. And I know you just heard the announcements. I just want to hit a couple of them again. Tonight, 6 p.m., we'd love for you to come. We're going to actually we'll have volleyball here if you want to play, but we're going to do everything in here and in this patio area and in the new building just in case it rains. We have some covers there, um, but we're going to have food and stuff set up. We'll have everything is on us, but if you want to bring a homemade dessert, I promise you I'm not going to stop you, and I'll, I'll try it, okay? Um, and so we're going to have that tonight, 6 p.m. It's our last Connect group for this semester. It's an all-church Connect, and then we'll take a couple months off, and we'll start again in, uh, in the, the fall, September, with our Connect groups. Um, the second thing is next Sunday we are taking up an offering. We're excited to be able to give. Um, we're going to be going to Haiti, but we're going to be able to make a difference and finish this orphanage. So we have a $4,000 matching grant, so we want to raise $4,000 to be able to match that money. And so if you can help us next Sunday, give any way that you can. You guys are so generous. We're going to take up that offering next Sunday. And then finally, next Sunday night at the Hope Center, um, they just want to say thank you. The Hope Center wants us to reach out and say thank you to everybody who volunteers who's given toward projects. So if you would like to be a part of that, that's next Sunday night at 6 p.m. Amen. Are you ready to hear the word of the Lord this morning? Will you stand to your feet? If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Romans chapter 8. We're in the middle of a series called Ghost Stories. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. What does it mean? Who is the person and the work of the Holy Spirit? How does that impact our lives? And so today, I want to talk to you about this subject, Led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 12. If you have it, say amen. If you want me to wait a minute, say hold up, preacher. Romans 8, verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These are the children of God. Ladies, you're included in that as well. Verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Would you, if you got your Bible, hold this up. If not, just repeat these words after me. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. My mind is alert. Look at your neighbor real quick and make sure their mind is alert. Say this, my heart is receptive. I'm about to be taught the indescribable incorruptible, mountain-moving, devil-chasing, chain-breaking Word of God. In Jesus' name, I will never be the same. Father, we thank you for your Word today. We thank you that your Word is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And that your Word has come today to convict and to challenge, but also to encourage us to live the life you have called us to live. So, Father, in these moments together, 
Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and the courage to boldly go out and be obedient. We ask all these things in your name and the power of the Holy Spirit and all God's people together said, Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, led by the Spirit, and you may be seated this morning. I know looking at me, this may surprise some of you because um, unless round is a shape, I'm not exactly in shape, but I'm actually a very fast walker. I'm a fast talker and a fast walker. I can do both those things together very fast. I grew up with a father who, um, I, my dad's a preacher, and I would go visit hospitals with him, and I would literally almost have to run to, run to keep up with him, and we, we would... Right when we got to the room, he'd put on the brakes and stop, and he'd walk in the room slowly like he had just, you know, got there gracefully. And then the moment we were out the door and it was shut, he was, boom, he was out again. So I'm at the hospital one time in, in, in uh, Norman walking, and this nurse literally almost jogs up beside me and is walking really fast. And she looks over and says, are you a doctor? And I said, no, ma'am, I'm not. Why is that? She goes, I've never seen anybody besides a doc doctor walk this fast in a hospital before. I said, no, I'm a preacher. I'm trying to get to somebody's room. Sometimes whenever you are following Jesus, I don't know about you, but it feels like i got to put my running shoes on to keep up. Like sometimes going after him is, can be fast-paced, it feels like. Lord, you're doing so much in my life. But here's when the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit doesn't just come for us to walk with him or for him to walk beside us. If you are walking just beside the Lord, you're in the wrong place because the Bible says we are called to be led by the Spirit. And the walk we want with the Lord is not him beside us, but him in front of us leading us. Amen. He is beside us at many times. Here's what Paul says in Galatians 5, 16. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So we're called to walk after the Lord and walk in the spirit. But we're called to allow the spirit to lead us. We're called to allow him to be out front many times saying, go this way. This is the way you're supposed to go. This is what you're supposed to do. We just got back this last week from a staff retreat. And we try to, I'm grateful for our staff and all that they do. You guys have no idea all the stuff that happens around here. I get credit for it in a lot of places. But the truth is, I do very little of it because um, our staff is amazing at all that they do. And so on our staff retreat, we took our core values and we reevaluated those and we said does Landmark Church still believe these things do we still hold true to these things is this really who we are and one of those core values we looked at and, and, and talked about was we value being spirit led we value being a church that is led not just by man's opinion not by our culture and what they say we have to do but we want to be led by the Spirit of God we want the Holy Spirit to lead us in the direction we're supposed to go we want the Holy Spirit to lead us and we want our families and our people in our church to be spirit led can you say amen this morning do you believe that whenever some of you know my story but whenever I was coming out of Bible college and graduating college like a lot of college graduates you're kind of wondering what do I do next and I had three options. Um, I had a chance to go to Denver, Colorado and be an outreach pastor at my uncle's church there. I, the Christmas before, the pastor had sat down with me at a, at a breakfast and offered me a job and given me a, a package and everything of what they wanted to do and offer that to me. I knew I could go back home to Mississippi and I could be my dad's associate pastor and I could help him and serve in the church. But my third option was to stay in Oklahoma City with no job and um, to help with a very small church plant and just not, not be a pastor or anything, just be a sound guy and run the projector and, and help at a church plant. Now, I don't know about you, but there's times in my life I wish you could open up the Bible and the Lord said, choose this option. 
Okay, anybody else like that? Am I the only one? Like you want to be able to say A, B, and C, and Lord, you tell me which one it is. If, I, if, if the Lord did that, I would have made a much higher score on my ACT, I promise you. <laughs> but how many of you know the Lord doesn't do it like that way? Like I wish he did. I wish he just said choose A or choose this door or walk this way, and sometimes he does. There's some things in the Bible that are very evident. If today you're wondering whether you should murder somebody, the Bible is kind of clear about that, okay? <laughs> like you don't have to question that, Okay. There's kind of a top ten, stealing, murdering, committing adultery. Okay? If it's in the top ten, you kind of know the answer. But how many of you know outside the top ten, I need some help sometimes? Like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? What exactly does this look like in my life? And it's in those moments where we need the leading of the Holy Spirit to lead us in the right direction and to help us and to say, and in my, my, my moment, it was literally making a decision. Do I go to established churches or do I help? And I'm so thankful that I chose to step out in faith and, and be a part of a, a church and to um, you know go where I had no job and I was going to graduate school and I ate a lot of egg sandwiches because that's all I could afford at the time and so I could pay the rent with the two guys I was sharing an apartment with but in that moment it was God teaching me but I had to be led by the spirit because my, my, my flesh or even just my natural man wanted to choose the safe options like I got a job here I've got a paycheck over here I can go home and I can live with my parents and mooch off them for as long as I can okay sounded really good at the time still does sometimes some days like me and Sarah and Benjamin just move in and you can pay for us and take care of us you know but the truth is I had to be led by the Spirit. And part of the, the awesome thing about having the Holy Spirit and what concerns me is whenever in churches we don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough in some places because that you're missing out. Listen, Christianity is not just about going to heaven one day when you die. It's about allowing a life, the life of God, that God is shaping you and molding you and that my life begins to reflect his life. And then also, I have the greatest power in the universe that is walking with me and is leading me. So I don't have to make these decisions alone, but instead, I can allow the Holy Spirit to lead me in the right direction. And as I follow him, things begin to happen that if I followed my own way, they would not happen. Amen? Many of us are led by many different things. We're led by our desires and our wants. We're led by flesh. We're led by sin. We're led by these things in our life that, you know, we, we, want, we secretly have all these desires we don't want anybody to know about. Or we're led just by the fact that this, I can get more money if I do this. Or I can have a greater status if I do this. We're led by selfishness and pride and all these things. But when it comes down to really being a spirit-filled believer, it is saying, God, not my will, but your will be done. It is saying what John the Baptist said, I must decrease so that he can increase. And it's allowing the Spirit to lead me in the way that I should go. Amen? Now, this morning, I want to hone in. There's a lot of different ways the Spirit leads us. But this morning, there's three things I want to talk about. Three ways that we are led. Three things we are led into. And I want to just hit on those this morning. Number one, we are led into all truth. We are led into all truth. John 16, 12. Here's what Jesus says. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. So Jesus is saying, I want to tell you some things, but you just can't handle it right now. But, however, 
when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So the Holy Spirit is coming. Jesus said, I'm one person, one man, in one place, in one time, but the spirit is coming, and he is going to indwell. Remember last week we talked about in the Old Testament, he came upon people. In the New Testament, he fills people. He dwells people. So the Holy Spirit is going to dwell in you, and when he does, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. You have the greatest guide in the history of the world on your side that if you will listen, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. He's not going to pull you astray. He's not going to lead you into darkness. He is going to lead you into light and into truth so that you can be everything he has called you to be. Amen? I'm preaching way better than you're shouting this morning. That's good stuff. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's look at this together. Stick with me this morning. Are you getting something out of this? Say amen. amen. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring the testimony of God. For I determined, I'm sorry, we're in the wrong passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. I'm sorry, I might have told them the wrong one. I, was, I don't think I'm preaching that this morning. Amen. <laughs> verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his what? Through his spirit. He has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which are of man's wisdom, teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, for yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he might instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. How many of you need wisdom in some areas of your life this morning? Be honest. How many of us need wisdom for what to do? Here's the thing. Here's what Paul tells us. That you know who really knows what you're thinking? You do. Deep inside. You're the only one. You can lay there. You've seen the memes where the wife's laying there. And, and, and what is my husband thinking about? And the husband's sitting there thinking, how did they get that stuff inside of a Twinkie in the middle of that? The truth is, you don't know what somebody else is thinking. You're the only person that can know that. So Paul says, who knows the spirit of who knows what a man needs or what he's thinking except the spirit of the man. So inside you, you know what you're thinking. And so you know what you should do and you evaluate yourself. So Paul says that is the same thing with God. The Spirit searches the mind of God. The Spirit knows what God is thinking. This is Trinity Sunday on the calendar, the Christian calendar. We believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So what we understand is the Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is searching the mind of God, the Father. He is searching that for us. And then he comes to us 
us and he says, this is what God wants you to do. This is what you need to do. The Spirit searches all these things and then he lets us know. And then it's interesting, Paul says at the end, that he doesn't do that so you can instruct God. He doesn't do it so you can say, well, God, I know you think I ought to do this, but I really want to do this. Why does he do it? The last thing he says is, but we have the mind of Christ. The Spirit has not been given so that you can instruct God. The Spirit has been given so we can have the mind of Christ. So in every area, parents, you need the mind of Christ, how to raise your kids. Every child is different. And I don't just mean my, my child is different than your child. If you have two children, they will many times be very different kids. So how you parent them is different. You can look at one child and say you're grounded, and they, and they get it. You have to look at another child, and you can just look at them with disappointment, and they get it. You understand? Growing up, I, my, my, my dad would preach, and he'd walk back and forth. And I would sit over here with my mama on Sunday nights. Sunday mornings, we had children's church. We had Sunday nights, I'd sit on the pew. And I'd be looking up, saying something, and she'd say, your daddy's looking at you. <laughs> and I would just look up, and he would just, while he's preaching, never miss a look, just give me a look. And every time I'd say, I'm going to take a nap on the pew because I ain't going to get in trouble no more. So I would just go to sleep on the pew right now. That's the one thing about old pews I miss. You can't take, it's hard to take naps on these chairs. Some of you are too obvious. Just, you know, you can't, you can't lay down. No. But the truth is my dad would just give me a look. Now I got plenty of, I was, I was the generation that got whoopings. We called them in Mississippi. I got spankings. I got plenty of those. But my dad would give me the look. And, and the truth is this. We as parents, you need wisdom on what to do. As employees, how do I become the best employee? How do I do, if I'm a sales, how do I sell what I need to sell? How can I help increase my, my, my sales so I can make more money, so I can provide for my family? There's nothing wrong with those kind of things. As an employer, how can I, how can I help my, my, my employees to be everything they're called to be? How can I love them and care for them? but also how can I get the best out of them? All these things we need wisdom for in our life. What decision to make? What do I do? And here's the truth. I don't know the answer and you don't know the answer, but we know somebody who does know the answer and he has searched the mind of God and he reveals that to us by his spirit. So I don't have to rely on my human understanding. Matter of fact, Paul says the natural man will think this is foolish. The natural man will not get it. And even inside of your brain, your natural man is going to say that's crazy. Why are you asking him? You make the best decision. But the spirit man says, why in the world would I not ask him? Because he has searched the mind of the Lord and he knows all things and so I can be led into all truth. I don't have to miss the mark every time because I have somebody who can lead me the right direction and I can follow him into all truth. Amen? Amen. So we are led into all truth. Number two, this might be sound a little different, but we, we are led to love one another. We're led to love others. One of the things about the early church that I love, I studied the early church all the time in the book of Acts, and I love this. In the early church, what you had is people that went to church together that didn't look the same. They came from different nations. They spoke different languages. Some of them were rich. Some of them were poor. Some of them had no idea why in the world they were in community with these other people. They didn't like each other for, before this. They didn't care for one another. They came from different places, and they wanted nothing to do with these other people. And, and listen, this is the mark of the early church. What surprised outsiders the most about the early church was all these people who naturally had no reason to get along, and somehow they loved one another. 
And not only will the Holy Spirit lead you into all truth, but he will lead you in a way that you care about others in ways you did not care about them before. God leads us to a life where we begin to care about the needs of others and we stop trying to serve ourselves. We're not just trying to live according to the flesh, but we're living according to the Spirit. And the Spirit is, I love you. I might not like everything you do, and I might say, you know what, on, on any other given basis, I might not be your friend, but you know what, I am called to be your brother and your sister because we are in this thing together and we will love one another and if we want to see a radical change outside of these walls there's nothing wrong with having good services and having church and seeing the Holy Spirit move but listen to me that doesn't translate out there all the times but whenever you have love for one another and you care about one another outside of there all of a sudden people begin to kind of perk up and say what in the world's going on it's because you have been led to have a love for others that you would not naturally have by yourself. Amen? So we're led into all truth. We're led into wisdom. We're led to love one another and live for beyond ourselves. And then thirdly, we are led to overcome sin and live a life of holiness. If you say the Spirit told me to do this and it's sinful, I can promise you the Spirit did not tell you to do this. Because the Spirit is going to lead you into a life of holiness. The Spirit is going to lead you a life of holy living. The Spirit's going to lead you into a life where you are doing the things of God. What does Paul say in, in Romans there? It's very important. He says, we are not debtors to the flesh, but we are led by the, by the Spirit of God. We are the sons of God. We are called to crucify our old man. We're called to crucify our flesh, and we're called to be led by the Spirit. Now I have a spiritual life that I live. Listen, inside each and every one of us today, there's a battle that rages. It rages all the time. And I don't care how old you get. I don't care how long you serve God. There is still a battle many times that we have to overcome on a regular basis. It is flesh versus spirit. It is your flesh wanting these things and the spirit of God saying other things. But here's where we misunderstand it. You, you've seen the cartoons. The, the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder. And the devil's over here saying, you know, the old Bugs Bunny cartoons or whatever. You know, the, the cat, go eat that bird over there. And the angels over here saying, go love on that bird over there. And, and we act like these two things are equal. That spirit and flesh are on the same level. And that if we'll just turn to one, we can do that instead of turning to the other. But I got good news for you. The devil and Jesus are not on the same level. And your flesh and your spirit are not on the same level. Whenever you understand that, whenever you receive Jesus, you are a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You are not on the same playing field with your flesh any longer. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And now you are led not by the flesh, but by the spirit and some of you need to crucify your old man and you need to tell him dead men don't talk any longer you have no place in my life I am now led by the spirit of God as long as you allow your flesh to lead you, then you're going to make decisions you don't want to make. And listen, many of us, you're tired of living with regrets. You're tired of living with shame and guilt. And you try to do the right thing and you blow it. You try to do the right thing and you mess it up. You do good for a while and then you mess it up. And you're tired of doing it. And many times, it's because we are relying on our own self to be able to do this. How can I overcome sin? I can't overcome sin. You're right, you can't. You know, Jesus... I'll explain that in a few moments. Jesus in Matthew gives the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, 
a bunch of things, but three things he says is, if somebody punches you, turn the other cheek. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to turn the other cheek as I'm swinging. You understand? You punch me, I'll turn the other cheek, but I mean, I'm going to get my licks in. You understand? Some of y'all heard that before. Okay, thank you. Don't act all spiritual. We don't get our licks in, Pastor. Come on, just be honest. Then Jesus said, if somebody wants to borrow your coat, your favorite coat, not that one that you put in the closet that you only wear when you know it's going to get dirty. I mean the one you like. And somebody says, can I borrow your coat? And Jesus said, give it to him. Lord, that's my favorite coat. The other one don't fit me anymore. I gained 20 pounds since I wore the other one, Lord. My favorite one. Give it to him. And then he said, if somebody asks you to go one mile, because Rome, whether you know this, understand this, these mile markers out right here on the interstate were created by Rome thousands of years ago. Not those, but <laughs> the idea. It feels like it. And they've been working on I-35 ever since for thousands of years. Man, I had to drive to Fort Worth Friday, and that's a whole other story anyway. Sorry. I don't like singing things. He's still working on me because every time I sing that old song, I think about I-35. But anyway. But these mile markers out here were something that Rome invented, that idea. And the idea was if, uh, if a Jewish person, that they, were, they, were, they had been occupied by Rome and they were oppressed by Rome, Rome could go up to a, a Roman soldier could go up to a Jewish male and say, carry my bag one mile. And by law, they had to carry their bag one mile. And so Jesus said, You've, you know you have to carry it a mile, carry it two miles. Well, Jesus, you seen me lately? I, I struggle with one mile. You want me to carry that big old sack two miles? Turn the other cheek, give up my favorite coat, go an extra mile. And you look at those things and you say, I can't do it in my flesh. There's no way possible. And you know what Jesus says? Ding, ding, ding. You got it right. You can't do it, but I can. You can't overcome sin all the time, but he can. And what he says is if you try to do it in your own self and you're trying to overcome sin in your own self, then you're going to blow it and you're going to live with shame and regret because you're trying to do it in your own flesh. But all of a sudden, when you surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit and you say, Spirit, lead me. Spirit, lead me where I need to go. Spirit, tell me what I need to do. Spirit, help me make the right choices. Spirit, help me so I begin to walk like Jesus and talk like Jesus and look like Jesus and act like Jesus. So the life of Jesus is coming out of me So I'm not doing what I want to do any longer But I'm doing what he wants to do Then all of a sudden You are allowing the spirit of God To help you overcome sin Jesus didn't die So you had to live with shame and regret Jesus didn't die So you had to blow it every single time He leads us in victory And he can help you Be victorious over sin In your life Amen That's good news that's not judgmental. That's good news. I don't have to always mess up. I don't have to do these things. But instead, I can live a life in the Spirit. And He leads me to overcome sin. He leads me to a life of holiness. He leads me where my desires are changed. Where I desire the right things. I don't want those old things anymore. I don't desire those things anymore. I don't desire that life anymore. But instead, I desire to live a life that is pleasing to the Father. Amen. Will the worship team join me? I'm almost done. We're going to pray for folks this morning. Listen, how crazy would it be if you were given a new vehicle today 
and yours was messed up. And somebody said, I got a brand new car I will give you. Brand new. Got about 15 miles on it when we drove it home from the dealership. Here's the car. I'm going to leave the keys over here. Whenever you want them, come and get them. How crazy would it be for you to sit around your house and gripe and complain? I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. When you have access to the answer right over there. And how many of us say, well, Lord, look how my life is. Lord, I make the wrong decisions. Lord, I blow it at times. Lord, I do all this. What are you going to do about it? And the Lord said, I did something about it 2,000 years ago. I sent you my spirit. He's the answer. He's the one that's going to lead you and guide you into truth. He's the one that's going to give you what you need to overcome sin. He's going to help you to love others and have a heart to stop living outside of the selfish desires that you have. But you're going to begin to live for others. But you've got to surrender. And listen, this surrender idea is not just one time, raise your hand in church, I got saved today. By surrender, Jesus said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Jesus, pretty smart dude, he said daily because he knew us humans. If he said monthly or yearly, we would treat it like our New Year's resolution. We get about a month and a half in and then we're done. Okay? I blew it. I'll wait till next January. I ate a cupcake. Next January, I'm starting my diet over. He understood that if he said monthly, you know, like a week and a half in, I'm a little tired, I'll lay it down, I'll pick it up in a week and a half. He said, if you're going to follow me, Pick up your cross every single day and follow after me. We are called to live a life of sacrifice. Romans 12 says it is our reasonable act of worship that we present our body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable in the Lord. The Lord That we give our life to Him. We surrender every single day. So you know how you overcome sin? You wake up and you say, today I am going to pick up my cross. And you know what? None of us are perfect. There are days we blow it. But the good news is in that moment that the Bible says a righteous man, a righteous man, a righteous Righteous man falls seven times. But the difference between a righteous man and an unrighteous man is the righteous man gets up every single time. So in that moment, I, I pick up my cross, but I stumble today, Lord. And what the Lord says, my mercies are new every single morning. Great is my faithfulness. And you, the next morning you wake up and you pick that cross back up and you give it to him and you just keep on going. Because the Spirit wants to keep you down and knock you down. And say, you blew it, God's done with you, you're finished. And God says, no, 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 you misunderstand. I love you. And if you'll just keep following me, that is what it means to be led by the Spirit of God. So today, some of you are wrestling with big things. You're wrestling with what to do, decisions to make. You're wrestling with some things inside yourself. How do I overcome these things that are warring inside me? And today, the answer to all that is be led by the Spirit. Those that are led by the Spirit, these are the children of God. You are, what does it mean to be a child of God? It means to be led by the Spirit. And when you understand that, then all of a sudden, and what is, it, what is Paul going to say? He says this, that through the Spirit, we have received the Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Here's what he means, and I'm done. He says this, 
in, in, in Paul's day, adoption did not mean you were a second-class child. Adoption didn't mean you were, adoption meant you had full access to everything. Matter of fact, if you wanted to write your, your natural-born children out of the will, you could do that. But if you adopted a child, you could not write them out of the will. They were your child forever once you adopted them. And you know what Jesus says? Jesus said, you can turn your back on me, but I will never write you out of my will. You are my child. I love you. I will never turn my back on you. You can walk away if you want, but I'll never walk away. You have been adopted into the family of God. And because of that, Abba, that is, that is the most tender, the most intimate name for the Father. And so what he's saying is this. You now can cry, Abba, Father. You can cry, Daddy, God. You can say, you're not just a father in general. You're my father. You're my Abba, Father, because the Spirit does that. And then he leads us the way we should go. Will you stand to your feet this morning? This podcast is now over. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future messages.